Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Point 99 podcast, the penultimate episode in the chaotic first season of the show. For new listeners, we are a running podcast for runners by runners. If you're new to running, we hope to have topics and discussions that will help you along whatever path your journey is taking. Or for seasoned runners, maybe some stories that will have you empathising with our experiences. Whether it's lessons we've learned during our own journeys, embarrassing stories, or heartstring pulling moments. We hope you'll stick with us while we try to share some good vibes, motivation and positivity, and hopefully have a laugh along the way. Episode 9, 17 weeks since we kicked off the journey, and boy have they flown by. But it's not just ourselves who have seen a whirlwind first season almost come and go in the blink of an eye. Today's guest is well and truly in the same waters, just perhaps manning a slightly bigger boat, but doing a spectacular job of single-handedly interviewing fantastic guests with inspirational discussions, while also sharing parenting tips on how to get your kids running faster at Junior Park Run. We are, of course, joined by the awesome Ryan Miller, otherwise known as Scottish underscore runner on Instagram, the host extraordinaire of the Press Play and Run podcast. As we cross over to find out a little more about Ryan, his journey to marathon success ahead of and all things relating to the Edinburgh Marathon and what's to come thereafter. And who better to join me while we try put the marathon fear of God into Ryan but the two-time champ himself, fresh from a cheeky coastal getaway with his family and much needed rest after London 2.0. It is, of course, the bearded beauty, runner man, Steve. How's it going, gents? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for that <laughs> intro as well. I'm not sure about the bigger boat part, but uh, the rest of it I'm going to take. <laughs> I'll take the bearded beauty. I'll have a bit. <laughs> I know. Do, you know, do you know what I don't like, Steve? He's calling you the bearded beauty and I'm sitting here with a beard. I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> I wouldn't call that a beard, right? I wouldn't call that a beard. That's oh, come that, on. That's a couple of days of growth. <laughs> <laughs> I have actually clipped it down. It was my boy's communion at the weekend, so I was told I to be I, I was told that. to be a good boy for Jesus this weekend, so I did my best. I did wonder why you were a, a hoops fan, but that makes that makes more sense. Yeah, well <laughs> I'd love to tell you two things are not related, but you know I live in the west of Scotland, so I won't try and, I won't try and go down that track. Ah, uh, but you've had a you've had a good week? I have had a good week. It it was a much easier week with the running, um, just in terms of the distance. So was it, it's nice feel a wee bit probably that same twitchy way that everybody gets as you start to hit the, the taper period where you get so used to working hard that you feel you're not doing enough but yeah. my body <laughs> absolutely needs the rest I, I feel heavy legged so no it's been a really good week i've got a lot coming up communions parties a lot in this next couple of weeks now so i'm just trying to focus as much as i can on the recovery that's that's quite handy to have though something other other things to focus on that aren't going to distract you too much from why am I not running and trying to go out for long runs. Isn't that right, Steve? Oh, hi. Maranoia kicked my ass uh, more times than I could imagine. Um, I had nothing to do. I had nothing but loads of 4.30 a.m. shift starts for two weeks leading up to the marathon. Um, and then, yeah, so I wish I had that much stuff to do, Ryan, I tell you. I know. I, I'm in the opposite boat with that, Steve. Like, my, my training has been really focused because I've not had a lot on actually start of the year and it's been I've really focused on the running but 
even the weekend of the marathon, I've got my brother's 40th on the Friday night and Celtic are playing at home on the Saturday and I think that's going to be trophy day, which I'm not going to miss. And then I'll be travelling to Edinburgh to stay overnight. So I really won't have time to dwell on like what's to be the next day. The only thing, if I've got any maranoia at the moment, it's relating to the weather because with that change in the weather here in 21 degrees yesterday, running in that heat's no joke. It's a real difference when you've done a winter training block. So that's, if I've got any, if I've got any hangups at the moment, that that's really it. I think I've escaped so far the maranoia. I'm, I've done what I can. So I'm, I am where I am. Well, we'll, we'll hopefully yeah. put that into you. We'll hopefully beat some uh, paranoia <laughs> into you. I, I, I did speak to, I've been speaking to Bob Barrell on and off because he's suffering. Uh, I've picked up an E, uh, niggle, I'm not to say injury, it's a niggle, and so is Bob. So we're running together at Edinburgh, but we'll get into that later in the, later into the episode, I'm sure. Um, but before we jump into the actual interview, um, the podcast is going to be out of order uh, this week or for this episode. Uh, for, so for any regular listeners, uh, can I stick with us? But we thought we'd get right into the mix with Ryan as a Edinburgh Marathon special uh, for the episode nine. Um, I've already fired over a few of the questions to Ryan so he knows what to expect. And they're coming from my partner in crime. Um, but I've kept my questions secret. There's nothing, there's nothing evil to it. It's just, I want some uh, fast and loose, honest answers from Ryan to see if we can beat some maranoia into him and, and see if he's telling the truth otherwise. Um, but if that's okay with you, Ryan, uh, we'll, we'll jump into, jump into some questions, but feel free to, to have as much chaos as you want and uh, enjoy something slightly different from your own, your own uh, normal routine. Do your worst, boys. I can't believe I actually feel I actually feel a wee bit nervous, which I feel like Leanne that I had on one of my episodes just sent me a message saying, see, this is how it feels when you put people under pressure. I'm like, Who knew? Funny enough, I actually, you can probably hear in my voice, it's a little bit more wobbly than usual because I actually have that nerves of, it's different when you have someone who's never been on a podcast before or they're, you kind of just bat around with them. But when you're interviewing another interviewer, it's... Yeah, this is stunning. This is this is a this is an idea and a half. <laughs> it was your idea. You it was my it. idea. My idea. But uh, Steve, you want to jump into your set of questions, and then we'll take it from there. Yeah. Um. Joe. You know first of all, I was actually quite. Steve will, will will back this up. I was quite excited about this one. Not that I haven't been excited for our previous guest. I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. This is you know the the chap who's been in my ears uh, through London Marathon training. I think I found your podcast through Steve. Um, mm -hmm. And I think I was about two episodes, I think two or three episodes had been laid down before I actually thought I'm going to listen to that. Um, and I remember getting to the fourth week and it happened to be a week where there was no podcast. I was, I was like, I won't say what I said because I don't want Steve to have to edit more stuff out. But I was, it wasn't, <laughs> I was disappointed. So, yeah, I've been looking forward to it. So I say thank you. Ryan, for your your episodes have been amazing. Uh, it's kept me company through the entirety of of London. So thanks. I also met the. I'm going to get this word wrong because I can't say the name properly. But Emancipated Crew. Emancipated Run Crew. Yeah. Yeah, I met them at London Marathon Expo, and I knew who they were because I listened to the episodes. Um, and I, you could tell they was genuinely taken aback by it because someone's come. I've heard your story. I just want to come say hi. You know. So. Um, 
you know, your storytelling and getting the best out of him is, is really good. And I think Steve is trying to make you nervous because he, uh, he just wants to make you feel nervous. It's yeah, yeah. shocking behaviour. Stand up. <laughs> no, that, that, that's brilliant, Steve, that you got the chance to speak to them. There's, the work they do is incredible, obviously, down, is. down your way. Uh, that doesn't that scene doesn't exist here, so far as I'm aware, in Scotland, the sort of run-crew notion. Um, but there's there's obviously such a deep pool of diversity in somewhere like London, and that causes a whole different lens of inequity that we don't see so much here. It's I would say it's more poverty-driven here, Stephen. You probably noticed that, but you are rurality and things different. Maybe different lenses of equity, but their story I found out through Pete Cooper. The work they do is incredible. I'm delighted you got the chance to go and speak to them. They are fantastic people, some really interesting people as well. Yeah, no, I'm, I love listening to people's stories, especially when it comes to running and, and what they want to drive through positive changes from running, you know, because running is such a, such a simple thing. I know the deeper you get in, the more expensive it becomes, but the, the, the bare basics of, of what running is to, to, to change uh, a narrative is so, it's, yeah, it's really good to meet them, really good to have a chat with them. So good I appreciate stuff. that. Um, so before we get into the marathon chat, we'd uh, love to hear a little bit about your history with running so as you do a great job of getting the best answers out of your own guest uh to seldom give much away about yourself barring the odd piece here or there keeping the focus firmly one guest at a time so um a big part of your running is your boys you know as a parent i understand that massively and this is one of the, the main questions i wanted to ask is about you know getting your children into running because we want the best for our children. We don't want to force something on them. They don't, they want to be natural and, and hopefully they pick up our good habits along the way. Um, as a father, I hope she runs one day with my little girl. She's four and a half. And she already asked to run a marathon. I said, you've got to wait till you're 18. We'll talk then. So how old how old were they when they started the junior park run? I've gone off. off you bumped two questions together. No, from that's Ryan. okay. That's have, don't worry. Go <laughs> no. you, you get back off. I'm flowing this one, Steve. Don't worry. Ignore him, Ryan. Um, <laughs> I'll bring you back from the brink, don't you worry about it. Um, <laughs> I, so, Steve, they were, so my boys are now a 8 and 11, coming on 9 and 11. And the running thing this past year and the podcast has actually accelerated in every pun not intended, but in every sense of the word, their interest in running. As as minus, but this last year is is the first year that you would ever catch me probably calling myself a runner. I've probably flipped my narrative, having had so many conversations with so many inspiring people because my own journey is not like a lot of the people I speak to who have dipped their toe in very young and come back. I played football. That was my, my thing from very early right through into my, my 30s. And running only came in after that as a sort of thing I did to try and keep the beer belly at bay and it would come and go the beer belly and the running and it would <laughs> and it would ebb and flow and but it was never basically my approach to running was go out run 5k as fast as you could every time you ran and at some points that would be like five 5ks a week if I was really in the mood and at other points I could literally not run for three months at a time and that was my relationship with running up until about 2017, something like that. Um, and at that point, to say I get serious would be misrepresenting how my journey came about. I started, I joined a triathlon club. I wanted to try triathlon. I wanted to do something competitive. That was a bit I missed from football. That's probably why I started running again. I missed the competition, even if it was just 
with myself. So I was doing sprint distance triathlons, which is 5k, it's a pool swim, 750 meters and 20k in the bike. Um, so that, that kind of level. Tried Olympic distance and went all the way up to half Ironman. And that one time did that as well. That was just prior to COVID. But with COVID coming along, pools close. I'm in the position there. I never enjoyed the swimming particularly. I was never a swimmer beforehand. Wasn't a strong or a quick swimmer. It was always the piece I had to get through. So with the pools closing for two years, all that was left was the bike and, and the running to do. And by the time the lockdown came up, finished, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to go back into that triathlon world. And the club I was with served me great, brilliant people. But as you can imagine, their training is split over the three disciplines. So running is never actually is probably the least trained aspect of that agenda in a club because people are training their technique for swimming, getting the miles in in the bike. So you'd have one run a week. It just wasn't enough to progress. But joining Newton Roadrunners was the thing that really changed the game. Um, they're joining a an actual specific running club and it took me so many years to pluck up the courage to step over the door there for, for not feeling like a runner. And it wasn't about pace. I knew I was relatively quick over 5K. Um, but my experience beyond those distances was so limited. I think I'd done like two half marathon races and one of them was a half Ironman up and down Nevis. It was not the way people usually get into gradual <laughs> running. So I, I've really taken that step in my running at that point at Newton and I've learned so much from so many people and I had that itch about the podcast and starting and we'll get to all of that. But at that point, my kids are seeing me running on a very regular basis and I tried to get them with when I found park run, I tried to get them into junior park run and you you touched on something Stephen I've spoken to you about it before but you can take your kid and you can make them run park run and that's what I was doing but it felt like I was making them run park run they didn't particularly want to do it they didn't and it's the same as football actually that was that is my first passion my biggest love tried to take them to play football neither of them displayed an interest particularly at the beginning and they both went to play football for my benefit to try and it never stuck and see since I took the step back that's what's made them by letting them see it happening and get to it naturally now it's them picking up the running they really want to do it they're asking about it and funnily enough they're coming to that party with football now as well so it's not something I'm going to push them down that track of I want them to find their thing um, football was the only thing when I was at school and that was what you did here their options are more open organized sport is much more open now so to, to that end I think all that you can do as a runner is what you do right now which is share the ups and downs the honest bits get get them running get them enjoying it try not to put the pressure on um, but junior park run it doesn't matter what age they are I volunteer there nearly every other week and you've got kids as young as four and it'll take them literally 25 minutes to run 2k but it is, it's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal we've seen the high five in the marshals. But it's, if you keep setting that example, I firmly believe that it's what you, what you do is what they see. What I say to them is irrelevant. They don't listen to anything I say, but they definitely pay attention to what I do. I don't necessarily believe that, Ryan, after you saying, that, after their boys saying that they run better, they run more, they run faster for PBs when you're there because you're shouting for them. Whereas when you're not there, they're picking daffodils. <laughs> oh, I was there the week they were picking the daffodils. I was volunteering. I'm like, where are these boys? What the, what's taking them so long? And they both ran around with a daffodil. I, I had I was in equal parts trying just not to say anything and thinking, am I going to high five them or am I just going to ignore them? Kid on, I don't know them. But 
No, it's it's with her mum. It's with my wife Nicola. She she goes there and she's much more reserved than me. She's not as gobby. And Brody says that he don't, she doesn't give him the same support. And it's because I I'll, I'll say, come on, boys, like finish finish strong. Whereas Nicola will just let them do their thing. <laughs> but she's started running recently again. Like on a probably this is the most serious I've ever seen her taking it. And I think again, it's a bit of that almost by osmosis and you see other people and I know what it's bringing for her, but they now see her as well. So it's becoming just a thing that happens in the house. It's and that's, norm. yeah, yeah it is, it's a norm that we say, that's not something we say, you need to go run this week and see like today they didn't want to go. So they didn't go, they didn't want to do it today. We had quite a busy day yesterday with the communion. They need to come, they need to find it on their own. So I would just say, keep doing what you're doing and the little one will find a way if that's, if that's the thing she wants to do, support it all, let her try everything. Ah, hundred percent. Um, it's funny to say that because because my missus, she would say, "Oh, she's going running again. Brilliant! Right, no one cares, Steve." Da 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 da. So on, so forth. But then she started doing it, and she started doing it for weight loss purposes. And I said, "Well, we don't get too disappointed because the weight loss will be there for like the first month, and it's going to plateau, you know. So you need to find different ways around it." But even as she started, "Oh, what event can I book? What can I do?" She's done London landmarks, and I took my daughter down there. Um, to see it because it's not like London Marathon there's not half as many people there so you can sort of navigate around and she was like we saw her and she's like daddy mummy's running away you need to go with her I was like I can't <laughs> you're like yeah, you're like free foot kid I'm not ch- carrying you around London chasing your mother that's <laughs> not happening so anytime she sees a photo now she's like is that where mummy run is that where mummy run yeah. no she walked into school and she went my daddy run a marathon and she was like yeah go on you tell him I ain't got to tell him that have yeah. I? but no it's true I've located a, a junior park run close to me so I'll take her along one day see if she likes it if she doesn't like it whatever you know she says to me in a flat can we do some exercise I was like okay let's do exercising you know just see what she wants to do she'll she'll like that if you make that a fun experience for her so 100%. The, the times are relevant. If she wants to run 5k in a squiggly line instead of 2k straight, that's what it needs to be that day. But that's that's funny you're saying that about your wife because that's probably the same with Nicola. She's, she doesn't have a competitive bone in her body. We are driven to run by different reasons, but they yep. probably started the same, which was uh, feeling a bit, uh, a bit the way you're looking, feeling weight or whatever. That is enough to get you started running. It's just never enough to sustain it, in my experience. It's also a consequence of our age as well. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're certainly not getting younger. I think I might be older than both of you, but yeah. It's... I was surprised when I saw your actual age. Yeah, I, I yeah. thought you were. we were around about the same sort of age. You've got a few years on. on well, uh, definitely, I, I'm I mean, 41, yeah. Uh, 36, I think. Yeah, 30, yeah, 36. I'll, yeah I'll, you think? <laughs> you think? I'll be... Uh, I'll be no, yeah, I'm I'm 36 in July, so I'm like the youngest now. Yeah, I know. I thought you were both. I thought you were both a wee bit younger as well. So yeah, it's not. And this is the best I've ever been running. This is, I mean, as quick as I've been over every distance. And but I was I was watching a 10k in Glasgow today, the end of it, and there was guys coming in in the over 60s category running 34 minutes for 10k, 33 yeah. minutes. It's it's yeah. just not. It's just not a barrier if unless you choose to make it that. No, it's it's. it's... It's the consistency, isn't it? It's consistency. It if you consistently yeah. do it and listen to your body, uh, you, you know, the, the age, you know, like this cliche is just a number, but it literally is just a number. When I first started running, I saw good for age times. I went, there's no way someone's 60s running that. And now I'm like, yeah, no, they're, they're quick. They are quick. Um, I love to see it. Honestly, love to see it. That may be my best ever chance of good for age to sustain <laughs> this speed till I'm 60. Well, I, well, your, your speeds are looking 
really good on Strava. That's something that Bob wanted to pass on as well. Your 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 whole training throughout the whole course, and again, we'll cut, we'll touch on that later on, has been phenomenal. So if you're saying that you you didn't really do too much until maybe just a few years before COVID happened, and then moving on to just running, it's it's actually um quite inspirational to see just the speed that you're doing and the effort that you're putting in having come into running as 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 a as a fairly novice runner as well like this like myself and steve um but while all the while setting good foundational guide uh, guides for for your kids just making it the norm yeah and for other people as well podcast listeners or or just friends as well that if this is going to sound like a, a backhanded compliment but if you can do it in anyone can do it it's just you get out what you put in 100 percent. if you if you look back on my strava and i've had strava from the beginning of my my running so my runs go back on there i think probably 2016 was my first park run and i was running at that point so at that point i would still have had football fitness level yeah and i would i think i was doing 20 seven minutes 26 minutes or something like that now that time to a lot of people will be like, oh, see, I mean, that's a fast starting point. Yeah. You need to remember I'm coming off the back of training three times a week at football, playing every week. And so it's not like that's coming from a stand and start. But what was happening for me at that point is that's that's quick over 5K, I think, for somebody just starting running. But I was getting quicker and quicker and quicker at 5K just by battering myself with 5K all the time. getting fat. And every single run was almost trying to run out my shoes, every single run. I wasn't doing it in the what I would call now the correct way. And by that, I just mean I don't think it's about correct or you have to run this way, but giving your your body a chance to recover. Yeah. And I probably slowed the progress I could have made had I took advice on and not isolated myself quite so much in my own running. But I was not building any sustainability over that. If you take me over 5K for those first three years, my times fell off a cliff. So, and I was competitive and times do matter. I think a lot of people shy away from that. Times do matter to me because that's what was getting me out the door. Strava segments and things, that was what was keeping me motivated. Whatever it takes to get you through, right? That's what everybody yeah. needs to do. But you got me to, f until last year, until a year ago, my 10K PB was 43 minutes or something like that. Now for the 5K times I was putting in, which I was as low as 1830 at one point. Wow. Uh, and I ran that in Germany, 1833, I think, and I'm still at 43 minutes for 10K. There was no sustainability or base underneath it. It was yeah. just basically strap yourself in and hold on for as long as you can go. That was my approach to running for so many years. And I was running, I think, for the wrong reasons. I had a really stressful, busy job at that point. I'd, I'm, I think it was a coping mechanism. I really do. I think it was the escape. And I think it was stopping me probably dealing with a lot of the things in my head at that point and trying to balance the career and the family. So well, running was never the positive that it's become in the last year where it's completely flipped. I hear that. I mean, I think I, I started running like so many people because of COVID um, to find something to do, get out of the house. I mean, I've seen it on the previous podcast, haven't I, that I had to let people go. And that's, that's such an ugly side of of work. Well, it's not, I mean, if, you're, if your job's going, so I use running for a poor mechanism as well. But now, I think I, I think I, I think I ran around about twenty eight minute five k's when I first started. But again, like yourself, when I was younger, I played football. If I weren't in a park playing football, I was trying to play football at school. I was always trying to do bits and pieces. So it's it's nice to hear that 
you sort of not been on that journey on your own and you can share that I've even got people at work come up to me now saying oh I started running what do, what do you recommend I said well I'll tell you what I've done but please don't take it as gospel because you're injured it's not my fault <laughs> I'm not a running coach at all um so I had a little look through your Insta for more purposes just just to like a couple of photos as you normally do and see a bit about them and I wasn't aware that or um or maybe if you mention the podcast, I'm off, I must have missed it. But obviously, you you trained for Manchester, yeah, and then uh, got cancelled for obviously someone sneezed across the world, and we all had to go into lockdown. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so I got cancelled. You swore off it. You said, "No, I'm not doing that again." I've gone for his training, um, but then you've decided to uh, to strap yourself back in and go for it. So, what what was the reason because that's quite a big decision to say i'm gonna yeah. go through a 16-week plan because let's let's say marathon training is not easy you've got to be selfish along the way yeah. um early early rises late runs all the sort of miss miss parties potentially um so what was it that made you say you know what i'm gonna do it was it the disappointment of had it worn off enough for you to to go again no it was other people it was it was joining the running club and it was um yeah it was been inspired by probably recognizing that you're quite like me in terms of your experience or it just broke down the barrier maybe you know you mythologize marathon runners in your head when you're not one and you think I could never do that even when it's bizarre because I watched the London Marathon and I see it in TV most years and there's people running with like a fridge on their back and yet I'm still convincing myself I couldn't do that <laughs> Even without the fridge, I mean, not with the fridge, yeah, that's, yeah. that's not my, my plan. But Manchester was, Manchester being cancelled in hindsight was the best thing that could have happened. I was not ready for that. I think I would have had a really poor experience. My training would have been the polar opposite to this experience that I've had. I was on my own. I was working off an internet um, plan, an internet generic plan, trying to stick to it. No real clue what I was doing. So there was no opportunity to change it up or even particularly to ask for advice because everybody I was training with was training for an Ironman. Yeah. So they, so they weren't doing running together. The running bit was almost taken for granted that that's the bit. They were training for the swimming and the, that long cycle. Uh, but yeah, the, the whole Manchester experience was wrapped up in that, that hectic point of my life. So I think it had a lot of negative connotations beyond the marathon that was nothing to do with the marathon. And then I go to Newton Road Runners, hell bent on, I'm going to try and get my 10k time. That's really what I was thinking about. I want to try and get my 10k times down. I want to open up socially, change my job at that point. I was able to open up a social media profile for the first time off private because I'm not, I was a head teacher before. I had to keep the, the profile private at that point because just the world we live in, that's what you have to do. Um, I've got a chance to connect with these people and then I started to see and hear about what people were doing and everybody it felt like at the club was looking forward to a marathon and I just got that part and me thinking well if, if they're doing that why not and I could also see what the marathon was doing for all their other times everybody was PBing at every distance on their on the route to a marathon I'm like I'm trying to achieve the thing that they're all achieving whilst going to run a marathon convince myself you'll know if you've heard any of the episodes, which I know you both have, Alison has been a big inspiration as well. Alison Jardin, who is Scottish marathon girl. I mean, she lives and breathes the marathon. 
So if you spend any time around her, you're more than liable to end up signed up for something. It's just the way she is. She is like <laughs> a, she's evangelical about marathon running. So if you spend enough time in people's like that company, it's infectious. And that's that that was the biggest change. It wasn't suddenly a switch saying, Oh, I need to go and right the wrongs. Manchester being cancelled was probably as big a relief as it was a disappointment. Um, but I couldn't feel more different about how this training block's gone compared to that one. I certainly that's the the, the old additive of to, to go faster on short distance, you have to run further, which for me that was an alien concept as well of what do you mean you have to run for a half marathon plus distance to run faster in your five and 10k. How does yeah. that make sense? And it, it oddly enough does make sense. Run slow and slow and long and you'll go fast and it's short and quick. If MD, to, if MD ever told you as, a, as a, a very, very amateur runner, you need to, I told somebody this, I told a good friend of mine just the other day, she was phoning and having a bit of a, just getting in a bad headspace with her running. Like my times, my times, like slow down, just slow down to speed up and, but if anybody tells you that when you're starting off running, you need to slow down. My easy runs used to be like four twenty a k. My fast <laughs> runs, my fast runs were four ten a k. Like that's just I didn't know any better. I didn't know any different. I'm now running like a minute and a half slower than that for my long for my longer running and just building the aerobic base. I had no clue. You need to slow down. You you need to slow down and build that base, and then you start to see the knock-on benefits at 5k, 10k, and those interval sessions, there's the other part of it. You join a club, you've got people around you that are roughly at your pace. So an interval session becomes, if you've got that competitive edge like I have, is you're not going to run away from me tonight. I am going to cling on to the coattails of the person that's faster than me. And it's all just push, push, push. That's that football mentality thing that comes back. And that's not for everybody, but we've got three groups at that night and you can suit yourself as to what level of um, killing yourself you want to do on any given evening <laughs> <laughs> I've never been a massively social runner basically that's based off my life I do shift work I try to get my run in before my daughter finishes school most people are doing their nine to fives they're just not about for it um, and the missus will work most evenings so I'm solo parenting for most of the week so to speak um, but now I've for you know, I know I'm going to make an effort on the days where I'm not so parent in the evening and say, Oh, on a Tuesday or a Thursday, I'll try to take a couple of hours to see who's about that I've met through running. Um, I just haven't joined this uh, run club because I can't commit, I can't, I can't seem to find one where they have meets the evenings I'm free. So I've joined a different running club, like an online one. And I'm just going to hang out at park runs and go, Would you be my fast friend? <laughs> <laughs> That's not creepy at all, Steve. Hang out at Parkrun. Will you be my fast friend? Watch out for the bearded guy in the car park. Yeah. <laughs> but Steve, that's that's not far away from from. I didn't go straight from no social running to Newton Road Runners. I spent uh, the best part of a year probably opening my profile on Instagram. Got a bit closer with the likes of Alison and my friend Kirsten, and we we did some runs together. COVID really actually came right at the wrong time for that because we'd started running together a bit more frequently at that point and then that wiped it out for two years um but it's i don't think you need to be part of a full-blown running club although i am a huge advocate for it especially if you find the type of club that suit your values and suit what you want from it so we have got clubs locally that are what i would term quite elite um you're going to find 
real focus and pace and cross country meetings and and it's not that my club don't do these things they do but it's not the be all and end all there's a i would say there's a bigger social run element than there is competitive and there's a building each other up and geeing each other on and i've actually noticed some of the guys who get proper proper quick end up transitioning to another local club or running with both and do some of their speed sessions over there it needs to be what you get from it but that notion of opening your running world up even if it is online virtual running with people just not doing it yourself it's a bloody lonely existence running you spend a lot of time in your own head anyway the chance to yep. sit and have chatty miles easy pace chatty miles is easier when you're easy pace and chatting with somebody instead of just in your head thinking is this chatty pace it's, i couldn't advocate it enough i spent so long hiding away from that and look what's happened as a result of it. My running world has sort of flourished and the podcast never happens without any of that. So there's so many benefits to changing that up. And you're right. I wouldn't hang about the car park bit for fear of the police <laughs> phone call becoming real. But but I would advocate saying get yourself to park run and speak to people. Yeah. Um, and, and the likes of the Emancipated Run crew, I know they're at South Norwood and they do what they do. They're also welcoming. It's not they're running for it's that find your tribe thing that they say. I love that. I love the saying. Find the people that are like-minded and spend time with them. Your world becomes a better place for it. Hundred percent. No, I, my one was more a case of get to a park run, find out who's running around about what paces, and stick within that category because I do want. He's cut out there. I, it's a summer of speed. I know everyone sees it. Oh, they finished the marathon. Summer of speed. It's shorter distances, so you can really lock down on that speed while still doing your easy runs. Um, so I, I, I sort I want to make sub twenty a more common thing rather than just happen once because I was in a really good spell of a uh, London marathon training. Yeah. Um. So Edinburgh, I tell you, I actually a proper flirted with the idea of joining in until Steve on a podcast said, "All right, it's all sold out. It's all closed." And I thought I hadn't mentioned. It, I go, "Well, sold it in." No, 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 no bother. Um, so for yourself, uh, Steve, it's 14 days away. Was it right at, that yeah. time, right at the time of typing or right uh, at talking? So, uh, the, from today, it's 14 days away. Yeah, um, exactly. But by the time the episode comes out, it will be nine days away. So I would know that if I just read what's in front of me, wouldn't I? I normally have to count the calendar. You know that. I had to ask you so many times for London, <laughs> how many days away is it? And we had to count the calendar to see which episode was closest. Um, but we're kind of, the, the, the question that I built upon here, you kind of mentioned some of it anyway, um, because you have had the influence and support of previous guests from your own podcast um, and friends like Alison Jordan um, to help you along the way. But for having listened to one particular episode and having seen your Strava, you have had a few bumps along the way, um, especially with the doubt that you were wrestling with about doubling the, the half marathon distance. Yeah. Um, but you've pushed past that and you, you, you do really look like you're going to absolutely smash and demolish this first marathon, not to hype you up or, or build you up to, to then go, actually, no, I'm going to, I am going to go do this and then have any form of disappointment. You know, you know what your target is and that's what you're going to work to. Um, but how are you feeling now with, with so few days really to go? You've said that you've got a lot of stuff to, to distract you, but you're still going to yeah. have a little bit of the mindset there. Um, yeah. Are you, are you, do you feel you are ready for the marathon? Yeah, I'm as ready as, I, I'm as ready as I possibly can be. And I'm, what I'm confident in is that there's nothing else I could have done in this block to put myself in a better position yep. than I have. So you, you'll know I've used the, the Cooper Run Coach app for this. And that came about through 
largely through the podcast, I knew I was going to be interviewing Pete, who was one of the co-founders. And I wanted to know what it was about, really. And what I've found is I've stumbled on something that works perfectly for me. And I know, uh, Steve, you've used Runner Coach and things like that before. And it's the same notion. Flexibility to move your schedule. I don't want a coach. I don't need accountability from a person um, because I I have that in my club and I have that in myself. What I do need is help with structure. And that's taking all the thinking work out of the plan. And that's, that's a major stressor for me, actually planning when I did it previously, it was a major stressor to think this is a generic plan online if I'm not hitting the pace. Whereas this app, I've, I was outstripping my paces. To put this in perspective, I put the, my original target time of, you have to put that into the app. I you put do. it as three hours, 45 minutes I put in. And at that point, I felt that was an ambitious, achievable target. So then it sets your pace, your interval paces and stuff off these things and I quickly found myself running considerably past that and then fighting that mental bit so see you talk about the mental side of it then I'm going in my head I'm thinking my target's not quite ambitious enough but I'm scared to dial it back and set yourself up because this is how my head works if I say not what anybody else thinks although that creeps in unfortunately it does creep in but more about what's what's doable for me, and if I really set my sights in three thirty, like yeah. that's that's a that feels like a meteor challenge, and now I've got myself to the point where off that half marathon race that I did last weekend, the weekend before, two weeks ago now, um, that was always going to be the acid test of where are you actually? I knew I was going to go pretty much flat out there and see what I had in my locker, yeah. and I've run a pace that would be quicker than anything I'd considered doable. To the point where I've adjusted my race goal now, so I've I've got no qualms about saying that I've keep adjusting my goal back. And I think if I have a good day now, I think sub three twenty could be in play. Um, if I have a an okay day, three thirty is still doable. And if I have a poor day or I get conditions like real heat or, or anything that chucks a span on the works, we could still be on for sub four hours. That I've got I've got three three probably realistic scenarios. But I'm going out to chase the first one, which is to run sub three twenty. That that sounds like you've you've really you're going in with um that clear knowledge of you can tar- you can set a target time, but also it's not the worst case if you don't get that. You're going you're going open minded to that fact. Whereas myself and Steve, I, I think it's fair to say we were disappointed with our first marathons because we had target times in mind, even though my 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 time and Steve's time are completely different. We're completely different runners and different styles. Come the day, especially on Edinburgh, and you've already touched on it. It happened to be a nice overcast start, but the sun broke through, and it yeah. was absolutely scorched. And you've already heard the story. Mm-hmm. It, you you are correct, especially with the the weather change we've had in Scotland just this past fortnight. And uh, yes, we have been having rainy days and colder days, but it's looking like we're going to have a very hot day and over that distance with very little cover you're right you're probably going to have to amend your amend your plan on that on that route it's bringing a whole nother layer of um things to think about that weren't in play so fueling may may need to change hydration is definitely going to have to change cramp if it comes comes into play potentially earlier in the run then I might have been expecting so there are so many variables to the day that i'm not actually worried about the day because they will be what they will be yeah and yeah you can't change them 
and, and to the other point of that, I've set myself that that time now, 320 in my head. It's not written in a permanent marker there or anything like it. You know, if I see if I have the best day possible, I could go quicker than that. If everything, yeah. if everything, if the stars aligned, will I be disappointed if I don't get it? I probably will be, but this is something I'm actually, you know, Patrick, American Patrick that's in on yeah. Insta and he ran Copenhagen there. I've just been in the DMs with him like an hour ago or so. And I had this conversation with Alison, a wee bit on the podcast and a wee bit off it. She was so squeamish about writing a race report after London because she had a disappointing day. And she didn't want to come across as, oh, you know, a 314 marathon or 316 marathon and I'm disappointed. But you need to give yourself the right to be disappointed. You've put the work in and it's not, you're not disappointed by the time, you're disappointed by the performance on the day for whatever reason. And that's absolutely fine because that's just another form of comparison i better not say i'm disappointed with x time because other people that are not at that time might be offended but that's just another form of comparison that i'm not really that into it's relative to you yeah yeah so if i don't get it and i'm disappointed then i'll live in the disappointment for as long as i need to to shake it off but i'll still have run a marathon it will still be a pb you'll be part of the one percent club exactly it will be a pb it will be a pb for you so that's that's the mindset going in the that notion of the abc goal are hugely in play but i'm not going to hide behind it and say well i'd be happy with my b or my c i'm going out to get the a and if i yeah. can't get it then it won't be for a lack of trying you you will certainly be carried on the day as well and this is again it's, it's, it's another thing you can't change but when you have that that number of uh, competitors on the route now for you it will be slightly less because those those uh, ultra fast runners are, are thinned out a wee bit but you'll be carried along as well so as i say bob bob and myself we We've both been watching your Strava and Bob had said it himself. He thinks you're going to be easily in that 320, if not faster. Um, but what comes will come. Yeah. And 320 is good for age for Chicago for me. That's what he said as well. Yeah. Uh, and that's, and again, it's not something I've shied away from. I am not going to become a two, three marathon a year kind of guy ever. Um, and I don't even, I wouldn't even commit at this point to saying I'll run another marathon next year. But if I qualified for a major or got a ballot place, I'm definitely i'm definitely going so it, that's another carrot to, to dangle and i have really really enjoyed the block i found it so heavily time consuming and it's very difficult with a family as steve will have found out as well you you feel like you're stealing the time away especially long running that's been a challenge and it, that would stop me doing it probably year on year at this point um but i've loved the block i've loved it i've not missed a single training run on my on the app not one and I've committed to that and I've run through wee niggly bits and I've I've done the bit where you listen to your body, but I've been trying not to listen to my head because I think yeah. sometimes you can confuse the two. Your head's I, telling you your body's tired. I think that the episode that you mentioned about the half marathon running the double distance, you also mentioned about the energy levels and yeah, you I think you were you were sounding really, really worn down at that point mm-hmm. because you had you, you it was alien to you having to eat more to 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 run further and to build up your your energy again i think that was the furthest i'd been in my block at that point after that episode too so a lot of these distances have been firsts for me so see when i'm getting to them the notion of thinking you can go further it was i think it do you know what it was it was the 18 miler i did the 18 mile and i just thought i don't have a chance that i can run significantly further Uh i was burst at the end of that run but the following week or two weeks later I did 20 and felt a million times better doing 20 than I did doing 18. And now 
I'm knocking these kind of runs out and I, it's your mindset has to change. But I had an absolutely brutal run last week, my last very long run, my last 20 miler, I had a brutal run. It was really tough. The, the heat picked up, my stomach was not feeling great. I didn't wake up early enough, I didn't eat properly. I learned a bit of a lesson there about not half arsing it before you go on such a, a long distance run. The one thing that stopped me probably spiraling and hitting Maranoia is the night before, Alison had texted me and said, I wasn't going to say this to you before, but I'm just going to say it. See if your run's bad tomorrow, don't worry about it. It's completely normal that your last long run doesn't go to plan. She's like, it happens to me nearly every time. So see, after that happened, I was like, okay, chalk up. So that's, that's back to your point, Steve, about opening up socially. If I've not opened yeah. myself up socially to that world now, I don't have that piece of key advice and I'm probably living in my head that whole next week about, oh, well, do you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have raced because I can't even do that run. But I had the benefit of somebody else's experience. And that's why I think a running club is worth its weight in gold, even if you can only make two sessions a month. It doesn't matter. You make the connections and you form those relationships to run with people outside running club nights because loads of people from running clubs can't make the actual club sessions. Yeah. Um, we should say as well, because myself and Ryan being Scottish, if you if you don't want to join a club, but you still want to get that social aspect, there is also Jog Scotland, which is completely free. You can just you can sign up on a site if you want to be part of it, just so they know for insurance purposes. But you can just turn up as long yeah. as you're there at the time where they're meeting. So if you want that social aspect, but you don't want to commit to something structural like a like a club, even though you could do taster sessions with a lot of them. There, there are other options available as well as parkrun. And yeah. I, I don't know if you'll say this, but you've, even if you're a listener to this podcast, there's a point 99 club, right? So there's a Strava club and not everybody uses it. Not everybody uses Strava, but there's another angle. If you're not on Instagram, there's another angle to connect with people that are running probably in your area. The coverage in the UK of people that will listen to this as well. There will be somebody nearby. You don't need to run with them every week but you actually don't need to run with them at all. It's just a chance to talk to somebody like-minded, similar place, pace, sorry, what do you do? What do you do? Get yourself, get yourself as social as you are, as you can be. And you can see the growth in people when they start to do that from feeling like you're looking from the outside into the running community to becoming actually part of something. It's just been part of something. So get yourself joined into the Point 99 Club as well. The worst thing that will ever happen is you click the button once and you don't need to do anything with it you know nothing else you just then need to keep running the way you're running anyway the, the worst that can happen is you'll have steve appear on your street wanting to be your fast friend be my friend and a capper <laughs> stroking his beard <laughs> yeah, do you want to come and play with me <laughs> to be to be fair that's that's so that social part so yeah like i said i've, I've joined a, a fairly well-known um running club on on social media i've joined 40 runs because they are literally they're 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 along the lines of what i like the the sort of championing the everyday runner and people that can't commit to to race meets or or feel very nervous because they're a daunting place to go if you've never been to a track before and you're thinking these people are laying down some serious time i should not be here because there's imposter syndrome i've had imposter syndrome for the last Week, week and a half, I think I've been in Steve's DMs going, I am not feeling great this week at all. Like, I've just felt like there's been no structure. When you, you fall off the cliff of the marathon, give yourself two weeks off and you're thinking, I, I can't run off plan. I need, I need to be on plan. So, um, But the social aspect, even though that I've met just through the running and going to 
a couple of runs with others. You know, loads of messages like Steve. I've not met Steve, but he's messaged me going, "Your pace is ridiculous. You're doing, you're doing amazing." And it was that little pick me up because I was a little yeah. bit disappointed that I didn't get that sub three thirty. It's my second marathon, absolutely cruising right through London, and I thought, right, I'll get to mile twenty one, and I'm just going to turn it on. And mile twenty one, the cars went, "Have a bit of cramp. Have about, have about some of that." I was like, uh, really annoying, but <laughs> the social aspect has really helped me improve and develop as we've yeah. gone on so just like you said you know get in touch with with anyone just I, fo- I follow i don't know if you guys do this but if i do the park run i'll then see who else has done park run i don't follow them but it says you and i don't know 76 others have just done a park run and i'll just follow them and kudos kudos a little like a little message here and you start recognizing people when you go out running out in public when you're not doing the, the park run for example and i've done yeah. that quite a few times so it, it, it's it's people align it with gym culture and it's it's so different. You go into a gym and think if I think you only go to gym because you've got to be big. But in running, it's like it doesn't matter what your body size is or how you run or how, what you look like when you run. If you're running, you're a runner. It's simple as that. We're all here for you. End of story. Um so always hey, Steve, the, the, no, the notion in the gym will be the exact same thing if you go to a gym every day and that's your thing if you go to the gym do your thing walk away every time you're finished you'll still feel relatively isolated in the activity if you speak to other people in the gym that are bigger 100%. you're going to learn how to get bigger yeah in a, in a way that's probably safer more efficient and it's, it's just the same notion it, it really is but no i couldn't agree more and I, i'm not good at running off plan either i don't like not having a goal because my running is driven by it so yeah i get so, that a bit like with the cooper app uh, the, the runner app it does all of the work for me it says you're going to go run 10k today and 6k's at goal pace off you go don't run faster don't run slower stick to as best as you can and it's it's all there even the strength training nutrition it's all just sitting there the, yeah. you know I, I found the same i go online london marathon said oh we've got a you know here's a here's a plan i go well, doesn't doesn't work for everyone and yeah. if it doesn't work for you, you're, you're just going to come disengaged and it's going to be an awful experience and you will never do it again. Yeah, There's still no no chance I would ever just rock up to a running track myself and just go and bash out a session. If, but see if it's on my, my, my app and it tells me what I'm doing, I'm confident enough to go and say, I'll do the session. I can do a planned session. I'm not going to rock up there like an absolute plum going, well, will I just do <laughs> 10 400s you know and then you see all these people that are rapid flying around the track that's so intimidating it's much easier when you've got a plan of other people yeah 100 percent. i um i i've i've located a track near me it's right by the because i live fairly close to the london stadium so the stratford olympic park yeah. area and they've got one just behind it. it's called the london marathon community track um mm-hmm. and they do some sessions there so I'm gonna uh, pop, probably try and pop along this week, I think, and go for the first time. So it'll be in, it'll be interesting. No, no expectations, but um, just to see how it is. I run around, around Glasgow because I always find that it's intimidating enough that, <laughs> that, that that you'll get quicker, whether you like it or not, because there's always a fear of somebody catching you. Yeah. I had that in. Um, I had that during my marathon training the first time round. I was trying to find routes to not do loops because uh, I was getting bored of loops. I mean, second time I'd done loops because I could I could mile mark it by looking at the watch. Um, but I went through, so I'm in the east of London, and I went through one foot tunnel um, over 
near where I work. And it took me to south of the river. And that's run through like near, near such rough part of Woolwich. I ran quicker yeah. to get to the nice part to get to Greenwich. Because it started getting prettier and prettier as I got down. I thought, I don't feel so at, at risk right now. Um, so I get that. Um, actually, my uncle's my uncle's from, from Scotland. And he used to tell me how rough it was. I mean, he's been in London for about 30 years. And he still sounds like he's down on a day trip. And, and Steve, well, other Stevens always get the risk of being chased by wildlife that we don't. Do, so it swings and roundabouts. But ha- <laughs> having grown up, now Ryan will know where this is. As Steve won't. I grew up just on the outskirts of Cope Bridge for a for a, a, a short while. That's very um, close to where I am. And I, I I used to my my primary was swimming originally when I was a kid, and it was Bell's Hill. So. I know all too well what it's like down there. Well, it's a long time since I've lived in the area, but the I went to school, stamped. Steve. I went to school, Bill Still as well. <laughs> it would have been Rose Hall High. I would have gone to. Um, uh, so you know, why, now you know why I run so fast. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I mean, it, it's talking about talking about like knowing where to run and and and. Um, scouting out your roots now i've just had a heart a head and hands kind of heart and mouth moment because i was going to ask you have you looked at the route for edinburgh do you know have you have you familiarized yourself with it and i had it in my head that the start line was the same as last year it's not <laughs> i've just no. looked and it's not uh, thankfully my hotel is even closer to the start line now the, the the actual one than it was originally so have you familiarized yourself with with the route not on the, not particularly through the map because it wouldn't mean anything to me anyway. I don't know Edinburgh well enough right, that, okay. that things would make much sense. But I've done the Edinburgh half before. Um, I actually had a real really disappointing day in the Edinburgh half once, and so I know the first that sends you out on the first half of the course practically yeah. is the yeah. same. So I know the start, I know the downhill part at the beginning, I know the coastal bit where you run, and I've I've, I've been to where the finish is. Where where I would be lost is in the out and back part. Um, that obviously makes up the additional distance, but I am actually staying in a flat right beside the start as well. Oh, you've been lucky. You've been lucky. So I'm staying uh, not too far away. So I'm at the other side of. So I'm in Brunsfield. So just the other side of the park at the the back there. But it's nice to see the the return of what was. I was originally expecting to run this route, and they changed it for me. So you're right. The downhill. You're familiar with it because you've done the half, yeah. and that finishes in Muscle Bitters. That's mm-hmm. sort of right, yeah. yeah. So at the race course, so you're familiar with that. that's great. So you know that part, but like you say, it's when you get to the return, and by that point you'll be so far ahead that myself and Bob and Elodie and Gaze will be will be trundling along, and you'll be passing us. So you'll have the support of us shouting at you, and you'll have the support of the likes of Lee, uh, Kaylee. Will also, I think she's planning to come along, so you'll have yeah. their support. But you're right. It's it's if you've not familiarised yourself with the 18 mile marker. That catches you out. Um, not familiar with your shoe rotation. Do you have a shoe rotation at all? Uh, I wear the same shoe, but different pairs of. Right. Okay. So you're not changing. You're not changing because why? Why I'm saying that is 18 miles when when you're doing the uh, the lap around it, kind of looping round. It changes terrain quite dramatically. Uh, so you've gone from your tar to. A granular surface and for me i could feel every lump and bump underneath it does that scare you off the idea that you're gonna have to change terrain are you quite quite happy with changing routes normally nah i've done i've done i'm um, the majority of my long running on the clyde uh, path 
So it's like and a which is a anyway. which is a compact, mucky, gravelly. Yeah. So and I've done like some speed stuff on there, and I've I've challenged myself on a bit of that. So I'm not worried about it. My shoes get enough grip that I'm not, <laughs> I don't wear. A, I don't wear like um, I wear in a Saucony Endorphin Pro. Eh, sorry, Endorphin Speed Three. So I I'm not wearing like a proper full carbon plated like transformer shoe like some of these some of these fast guys <laughs> like some, someone someone fired. in the chat <laughs> like some of these bearded weirdos in car parks come, come every day and look at how good my shoes look oh they do look good i know but you know it's even better running by them and fucking passing <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I'll, I'll tell you one thing i don't know if you've seen the the london marathon's social media page uh recently done the um they've done the guinness world records post um of who done what this year and one of them i actually saw him do it there was a, a fella in a full formal suit and shoes uh, as in proper shoes and he ran the marathon and he still run it in a ridiculously quick time well, my feet will be bad. I can't walk around. I'm pretty sure it. his feet will be in tatters. So, um, some of these people yeah, that do feet, them. It's still annoys me that he run a faster marathon than I was in carbon. <laughs> Honestly, there's there's points when I look and I go, but why? But why? Just just run it as fast as you can for charity. That that's what happens. Having having been a cyclist and doing the attacks, and you see people passing you in full tweed suits on a on an old bone shaker egg, <laughs> just because they can. Yeah. Um, but back to back to the route though. I think yeah. I think that's the biggest fear is, is when you turn because yeah. you'll be able to see Edinburgh far, far, far in the distance. It will mm-hmm. be a dot on the horizon. And that's the bit that really did give me a bit of a scare. So coming through Port Seaton sort of area, that was that was nice there. Uh, it's kind of masked the issue when you've got the people coming back on you because it's just slight diversion so you don't see them and then there they are again the elite runners yeah. your your friends and family who are also running that are maybe for not for you but for me when they're faster than you you're seeing them and you think yeah god i've got a long way to go yeah um but i've also been warned about the wind at that point uh, yeah. for, from everybody that's running saying like almost year on year there's you'll go out with a tailwind and you'll hit a headwind when you turn at that point so no again cover. again i'm expecting that to be the case and Actually, if that's the case, it's probably not as hot as it might be. So swings and roundabouts, I'd take a bit of the wind over twenty-one degrees. But I'll, I'll still, yeah, it'll be deceiving though. It will be deceiving because yeah. you're right. It'll, there was a tailwind. It's not as hot, but because you're getting the the tailwind, you're you're getting that heat. You're, you're yeah. going to be sunburned, especially the fair-haired uh, ginger. The, the guy just say it, just say it. <laughs> especially with the ginger in the beard as well. You're it's it's be actually good. Moroccan sunset, but okay. Moroccan sunset. As a fellow ginger beard, I'm, I, I'm in the Defence League of Ryan here. <laughs> exactly. I've it's actually good. got more Gregan on here than ginger at the moment. I don't know what's um, happening there. Yeah, just in, just in that part. Yeah, that's quite a commonplace. So. Yeah. Um, so in all accounts you're sounding like you, you you're fairly even though you've not looked at the route you know you know the route you know you've, you've spoken to people you've spoken to likes of bob and, and anyone else that have done yeah. done the route before and and what to look out for and they are all correct it's very open it's uh mm-hmm. it's very flat though so you, you don't have to worry too much about any any rising uh, i know the distance i've checked the distance i just make sure it's, it's correct that's about the matters but hopefully you won't have Spider Man, uh, the same as myself and uh, and Emily. To to to. to I, I am not there. ruling it out because you just never know. Some of these people that turn up in the spandex happen to be quite rapid. 
I've got yes. a lot of people from my club running as well. So I think I've got uh, maybe six or seven marathon runners from, and another eight or nine or ten half marathon. And then a crowd coming through. Oh, good. Cheer squad. My wife's coming through. Alison's coming through. I know Emily's going to be there and all the, the yeah. Loch Ness 24 group. I'm going to have good support in the course. I'm just hoping they don't all stand together. I'm hoping they space themselves out. <laughs> I, luckily, they, they don't all stand together because Lee um, Lee's local to Musselburgh, so he stand he stood in one particular place because yeah. he was looking for um, lipstick and trainers. Uh, Emma um, Joy Cockcroft, she was she was yeah. running last year, and he was looking out for her and myself, and he kind of stood at different different points at yeah. different times. So it's it's hopefully they'll you're right they won't all bunch up, but no. um, you might not even see them. Certainly, no. I didn't see my wife. I didn't see my sister-in-law. I didn't. I only saw Lee because he was pretty much standing on the course. Um, I've got a, one of them. I'll be keeping my wife away. Have a bottle for me. Um, I don't particularly right. like running with bottles on me. Um, so I will grab one. But I have already said I make no apologies for not being the guy to stop and give you a kiss or anything. I will yeah. be grabbing the bottle and running, especially <laughs> if I'm running well. You've got plenty of water stations as well. The, the, the yeah. water stations are good, and they're all yeah. bottles as well. Uh, that's, all have, that's all have the SI oh, stuff. stuff right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I did, I did uh, appreciate what, what Alison was saying as well, with uh, having, uh, uh, we've both spoken to, to Hannah um, yeah. and the water situation with Japan. So we won't. It was, that, it was that that made me ask that question, but it was Hannah's episode on here because, uh, and that's what Alison was saying, she felt terrible for taking two because she knew that yeah. if everybody keeps taking two, People behind her, which is nearly everybody, are going to be worse off. But when they're not giving you enough fluid, I just don't think that's a runner's problem. That's the organizer's problem to get that. And as you said, it doesn't go off, it's water. That's right, exactly. It's not, <laughs> it there's no excuse. There's, no, there's really no excuse. Just don't you don't take uh, Emily's lead and run into the sea uh, <laughs> for, <laughs> for hydration. If it looks like I'm going post four hours, I might. <laughs> Um, I mean, with having people coming through as well, then it kind of does lead on to my other kind of point that I, I had in mind of, are you are you prepared for the emotional impact you're going to have? I don't know. No, I'd not because I don't think I will be overly emotional. I don't tend to be with these types of things. I didn't think I would be either. And I think, Steve, I don't know about yourself, but certainly from uh, Edinburgh, I could have cried for the last 10 miles um, um, and yeah, as I got closer yeah. and you hear people shouting your name and of course your name's going to be on your bib. For Loch Ness it was slightly different because um, I knew what to expect but I still had that moment when you see when you've when you've done that distance there's just there's something doesn't it doesn't necessarily break inside you but it does and you, then you see your family you see your wife you see in my case my dog on that one I didn't cry but I was so close to it because yeah. you're just so physically exhausted. Yeah. I think my only frame of reference would be that half Ironman that I did and that they, that finished up and down Nevis. Yeah. And the weather was so bad. It was like on the precipice of being cancelled, the whole thing. And the the emotion was there for finishing for all different reasons. Like, But, uh, I mean, I don't think I would even risk saying the words I said at the end of that they were not like emotion filled or <laughs> there was a lot of expletives at the end of that uh, but that took a few days really to settle in as to or to sink in what you did I don't tend to process in the moment I just right, stay okay. in um, I will make a point irrespective of how well or bad or indifferent it goes of getting back up the course so you back to try and see some of my club mates coming in behind me uh, the ones that will be 
obviously presumptuous <laughs> that they will be behind me, but I know we're setting out with different times in mind, so I and try and try and make sure I, I do that wee bit to not miss that experience. I just hope someone gets a video of you now as you've got tears pouring down your face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crying like a fucking baby in the corner. Oh, that's yeah. what happens because you you've seen the photos of Steve. You've seen how how emotional you were, especially in your first one, not so much in your second. He didn't really look to, to be as emotional in London no. just past. I think first one was more was more disappointing because I I knew exactly that the, the hip sort of went, but I I knew what it was down to. It was down to the fact that I didn't go deep enough into my long runs. I didn't take them as serious as I should have done. And that's what it is. That's what it boils down to. So the second time round, I think I had more time to feel emotional about what I was doing because I'd nailed the training block. Yeah. And there's just something special about running your home city on a day like that. It's You don't see London like it. Not even the Olympics, when the Olympics was on, everyone's being nice to each other and following the etiquette of the tube. And that went away about after the, the, the flame went out. But just just seeing London, you know, all the way from Greenwich, every mile, the right the way round to the mole was, uh, it's, it's insane. And you can't help but feel emotional, but I didn't cry. I mean, I didn't cry on my wedding day, so I'm not going to yeah. cry at the marathon. No, I, I hope I hope I'd, I will try and make a point of staying in that moment and feeling that pride and listen. If there's tears to be had, they can, you can have them all. If that's what comes, if that's what it takes to get sub three twenty, have them all. <laughs> I will lie there and cry in the fetal position if that's what it means. I did. I did feel a little bit bad though because you got all the kids putting their hand out for high fives, and I thought, kid, I'm in the zone. I'm carrying nice, on. Not a um, chance. If, I, in, in my mind, I was like, if if I keep putting my hand out, I'm sending energy that way. No, I'm carrying on. See you later. Occasional mm. high five early doors, but when it was go time, it was go time. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's you can tell you're both faster beasts than me. I've got I'm hitting all those power up uh, banners, <laughs> giving high fives, loving life, and then absolutely dying on my arse afterwards. Yeah, no, I it, think the most energy yeah. that I expelled during it, other than running, is when I went past the charity that I was running for, so hyping them up, the arms are going in the air shouting come on you know um that sort of stuff um but other than that it was more sort of focus at the job at hand in, in that sense it, it is it is fun people say oh you, you take it so seriously on the day you're not having fun no i am having fun but my version is a different version to yours yeah you know it, it, steve my, my mine has changed at the end of races this year when i run with so many people from my club now as well like when see everybody finishing together we we did down by the river 10k in canvas line which is our neighboring running club's race and some of the times coming out of our club were just phenomenal people were really putting the, the everybody was at a certain bit of marathon training so two weeks out from boston or four weeks out from manchester and, and so on and so forth so everybody was probably in that peak point of really really quick and see watching everybody coming over that's that's a different kind of emotion i just love that that part of it as well that's helped me to understand a bit more about take your wins because you're so happy for other people be that happy for yourself and yeah uh, but I, it'll be I, i'm really looking forward to seeing what they do on the on the day as well because it's so the everybody's just been grinding sticking to the plan getting through it and you know you i don't need to tell any of you the ups and downs and ebbs and flows people are working hurt injured trying their best and there's a million different individual stories it's just brilliant to see them all coming to fruition on the day 
I think before uh, Steve gets into his final two questions, because we can see I can see they're getting very close now. Uh, I kind of glanced over this because you'd mentioned that your your plans before the marathon, um, you've got Celtic Day uh, on the Saturday, and you've got plans on the Friday, and you're coming over on Saturday night. What's your plans for Sunday? Are you going to stay over in Edinburgh again, or are you going going home straight away? I, do you know it's the one thing I've not planned overly yet is the after well, I'm still in the process of working it out because my wife's going through with Alison on the day mm-hmm. um, and but my stuff's still going to be back at the flat so I don't know I'm unlikely to stay over I think I'm more likely to hang about I think there's a bus going through with people from the club right um, to jump on the bus yeah either that or I'll see them afterwards I think they're going back to a pub or whatever do that yeah. wee bit and then go home so I don't have any any major plans for afterwards um, all the focus so far has been on get to the finish line and then see whatever happens from there. I don't care. I, I don't know personally what our plan is the night before. I, I know everyone will probably want to meet up because last year we met up and well, uh, I'll leave that to Lee because he's the he's the local. Um, yeah. But certainly afterwards, myself and my wife are going to go for Korean barbecue again, highlight of reward. Um, so I, I can't see myself going around particularly quick. No. Uh, but hopefully well, I'll catch you at some point. But hopefully uh, I get a chance to touch base with you the, the night yeah. before because I'll be, my friend's coming through as well and it'll be, I'll not, it'll be nothing too dangerous. <laughs> but uh, especially I'm conscious of not spending too much time in my feet with that party and Celtic game and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Patrick, actually. That's been my week with him, is, is is getting him to taper his steps. He messaged me every day. I've done X thousands of steps. I've done this. Mate, take it easy. You've got a marathon to run. And he, he got to the point where he's walking 7,000 steps a day and he felt like he was just doing nothing. I'm like, that's what you need to do. Just go to the park, have an ice cream, read a book. His run streak is absolutely insane. Yeah, he's obviously on 1998. 1989 or something or Tuesday's going to be 2000 Tuesday, Tuesday, yeah I thought it was coming up close so uh, I, I know he's not very happy with his marathon but um, we'll, we'll nah, catch him on that but, not but yeah, exactly and you said yourself it's, you just got to let it settle um, yeah. and if, if it's not what it you want out of it Feel how you f- feel how you feel and reflect on why later. Exactly. But Steve, do you want to, do you want to I'm, I'm conscious of time now. I'm looking at the time. Do you want to jump into <laughs> uh, the next question? And then we've got a special, special little ender for you. Yeah. So, you know, obviously you just mentioned about the day itself and what's going to happen after this. You've not really thought about anything further than getting to that finish line and, and then turning around and hopefully seeing, you know, your, your running buddies, not far behind you or even if they finish before you, they're all there, you can high five and celebrate. But for me, a massive part of my second training block was not when you finished it on the day, is what do you do for the next uh, week, two weeks? I had to have something booked in. So for me, I went on holiday, um, took my daughter out of school, went to Dorset for a week just by the Jurassic Coast and was just there for a week. It was nice to get away, no running for two weeks. But I'm interested to find out what does what's it look like for you afterward after Edinburgh, like rest period, uh, things booked to look forward to. What's look, going on for you? It looks like a baldy ginger guy sitting in his ass watching the telly, Steve, for <laughs> for, a, for at least a week, um, probably nearer two. But I've got a couple of things. I've got a lot in my my race calendar this year, so I've got Runatun 10K in Kilmarnock and the men's 10K. The following week in Glasgow, which has got the my own podcast meetup happening that day as well. 
Now, whether I'm going to run these or not, I'm not sure, especially especially the meetup day. I might just sort of be chief cheer squad. I don't know. I'll see how I feel. But I've got the Devil of the Highlands foot race. So I've got an ultra coming up and that's in August. 42 miles, like 6,500 feet of elevation. So I don't have... I won't have a rest period in the same sense that I probably would have because the marathon has been part of the ultra plan, if you know what I mean. So that's... I need to keep the time and feet and I need to keep moving, but I will definitely have a, a break first and I will come out of the structure for at least a week to two weeks. And then I've been with Cooper, actually, they're bringing the, their ultra plans online soon and I'm part of the trial group for their plan. So I've got a plan to hop into at a certain point. So I'm not starting from scratch, obviously, because I'm a marathon block in. Uh, and then I've got Loch Ness 24, which I was partially bullied into and <laughs> delighted to be there and and I that like one, one not doing it so that I, I think you might be the only person on instagram not doing it at this bloody point but <laughs> I, I, i'm treating that as a camping trip with a wee bit of running interrupting so that's, that's my exactly what it is bang. that's exactly what it is it's a big old party weekend it's an ultra yeah. but you're, you're not doing an ultra you're, no. you're having a good I'm, time no absolutely not so, gonna, i'm not gonna lie <laughs> He's gonna go quiet again. Okay, that's why. Yeah, oh, say you... that again. I missed you. You're not gonna lie for it. I said I'm not gonna lie. I've seen everyone posting about it, and there's like it's a bit of fo- uh, fear of missing out, a bit of FOMO. And I go, no, no, you're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. Ignore that. <laughs> and there's always there's always next year, Steve. There's always next year. I'm gonna hopefully well, hopefully yeah ambassadorship next, next them. Year I want to get next year. I want to I want to tick Edinburgh off. So. I might be up that way anyway. Yeah, I said yeah, no so many bloody times as well. And then Susan, Susan Swarbrick was the one that swung it. And that was, that was my last offer to get her to actually take the plunge because she is in the position that I would have been in two years ago where I would have been sitting on the outside saying I wish I could, but I won't. And she also, oh, did, she, did she threaten to retract your uh, retract the podcast from that article as well, didn't she? Uh, <laughs> not after the money I paid to be on there. <laughs> I, I, I will say as well, I think you'll be setting a PB in Kilmarnock. It's Kilmarnock after all. You're going to be running fast. Kelly, I, well, I don't know my PB. I, I managed a sub 40 in my last 10k race, so I don't know if I'll be back there with my legs yet. But we'll see. We'll see. I, I certainly i will have the engine for it. It's whether I've got the legs. I will caveat by saying that's where my dad's side of the family are from. So yeah. it's, um, <laughs> I'm allowed I'm allowed to be a bit uh, mean on that area. It's not just get, they lock the people up from actually airship when that race is on. So it's it's all it's people going in. It's like a poverty tour. Oh my god! <laughs> right. So by the oh, way, I was yeah. by the way I was head teacher in a school out that way, so that probably be controversial. Actually, before we get to that last question, because you were a head teacher, have you had any of the, the your former pupils listen to the podcast and contact you? No, thankfully, not yet. Not anyway. not 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 contacting me anyway but i know a few people have popped up on my strava every now and again and stuff but i had good relationships with people so it's not i actually i don't i don't care now i leave my social media open it's i'm not in that that world anymore yeah you don't have to yeah i know what you mean yeah yeah um steve do you want to do this part yeah let you rattle it It was your idea it, it, it was my idea. So basically, what it thought was uh, we couldn't let you off without hitting you with your own quick fire questions. No fault, <laughs> no preparation, no hesitation. Okay. I have no answers for this, just so you know. <laughs> all right, so we're, we're going we're gonna to get into it, Steve, all right? 
He knows these off by heart. We should we should we should let him say them, but we know he should know these off by heart. You ask anybody that I've got on, I need to pull these up my phone every time I do them. I don't even I don't I never remember them. I've got them written down. I can listen to them specifically <laughs> earlier. Uh, right. Okay. Well, do, uh, will we do it turnabout, Steve, or do you want to do them all? Uh, I, no, no, we can take it turns. I'll uh, go first. Go. You go second. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. good, man. Good man. Happy days. Okay. Favorite running shoe of all time. Saucony Endorphin Speed Three. You've got enough of them by the sounds of it. <laughs> Franchise. <laughs> right. Favorite training route. Odinson. Running into Odinson round Boswell and back. It's a 10k loop. It's the one I do probably most frequently, but it's a really nice wee bit of South Lanarkshire. That. The posh area of South Lanarkshire. Yeah. yeah. It's about <laughs> where you can afford to slow down. <laughs> uh, best running related book or podcast you've listened to and or read? Or presented. Or <laughs> <laughs> presented. No. I, I won't pick my own for sure. And you are. Well, you and What the Fat Like are the only other two podcasts running that I listen to. So I'm going to be the sook and say 0.99 podcast. <laughs> I wouldn't have. I would, I would have called it the What the Fat Like boys. I it's hilarious listening to them some days. And I don't, I, I have read, oh, I can't remember the book. It made an impression then. Yeah, I've read, I've only read one or two books on running and it was actually a writer talking about running. So... Oh. Um, I do what I actually prefer, and I'm going to give a wee plug for this. Is I like long form writing journalism about running. So there's a guy called John Gonzalez, and he's a writer for he does NBA stuff and he lives out in California. And he did a really good piece, a long form piece. I think it was in the Ringer a couple of years nice. ago. I prefer stuff like that. Ah, spot on. Uh, proudest running moment? Probably gutting out the well, the triathlon doesn't, it's not just running, is it? But I would, I would allow yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, because as you said, it's a, it's a big part of it is running, but a lot of emphasis is kind of taken away from it. It would be a close race between gutting that out because it certainly wasn't a great experience or that most recent half marathon there and running a, a sub 130, um, which yeah. just felt like it was a world away even last year. Okay, worst race or running experience? <laughs> you mentioned it a few times, haven't you? Yeah, yeah pro- pro- but it wasn't the run necessarily, it was the swim and the bike, so I'm not going to go for that one because it was the other elements, it was the weather. Um, one of the worst was the down by the river right before COVID hit. That was a race where I met Alison and Kirsten for the first time and we were knee deep in the river Clyde at Oof. one point going under a bridge and you know that yeah. the River Clyde is not the most salubrious part of the world. I think I was probably attacked by two jobbies in a, in a shopping trolley. <laughs> it's not as bad as the Thames, but it's close to it. Well, it's a different colour, but I think the same things work there. <laughs> oh, where, where are we at now? Ultimate post-race refuel meal or drink? Burger and chips all day long. And it would have been a beer up until I came off the, the drink. So now it would be a pint of Coke Zero and a burger and chips. Because <laughs> I'm a rebel. <laughs> Proper athlete. Mm-hmm. You, you need that. You'll need that sugar anyway. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, one inspirational Instagram profile you never scroll past. I'm going to say a fairly recent one, and it was actually introduced to me on my own podcast, Steve Magnus, um, who's a coach. and uh, He's an author and a coach. So he does writes books that are predominantly about running, I think, or but leadership as well. And it's just 
you, I read his profile and think you're articulating exactly what's in my head. Half of my day at work and while I'm running. So he's just spot on. I have to check to see if I'm following he's, him. He's really I'll good. Have to check. Yeah. Uh, run with or without music? Mostly with um, podcasts on longer runs these days, but I've usually got something in my ears when I'm running. I don't. Uh, more frequently now, I've run. I've run races without. Um, but that's. I, I You've still got like other to, people around you as well on those. Yeah, on those days, yeah. I, I, but I still like. I still like to just become immersed and go. So I like to listen with. Favorite park run. Strathclyde Park, no doubt about it. Lovely place. We love the community. Brilliant, brilliant people. Love the. The core team, and it's the flattest of park runs. And you're also there reliving your your uh, tea in the park days. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> which which actually went all the way to Balado. Many 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 brain cells lost on those years. Oh, uh, for anyone didn't know, Strathclyde Park used to host tea in the park. Many 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 hosted ago. hosted Oasis once upon a time. Oasis, yeah, I could hear it from my back garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, finish the sentence. I press play and run because. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> I don't have Keep one. Keep that in. Um, <laughs> I, I press play and run because I need a competitive edge in my life, and this is what gives me it now. Nice. That was good. Well done. <laughs> well saved. Yeah. <laughs> um, best single piece of running advice you can give or have been given. Run slow to run fast, and no doubt about it, it's changed the yeah. game entirely. Make your easy days easy, your hard days hard. Seeing the number you know of king of the mountain stages you've been getting recently, this seems to be working. Yeah, it's it's what it's like the easy days easy, and let yourself really attack those hard days and and empty yourself. It's just that's how you get that adaptation. Definitely is so 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 important. I. I think I had the same reaction when someone said to me, oh, yeah, you want to get faster, run slower. I was like, are you on crack? Like, <laughs> what, is, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Um, but genuinely, it does. I think my goal pace was to be about 750 to eight minutes a mile with, at London. So I was doing my easy easy runs around about 10, 10.30 a mile, just plodding along, just off we go. Because there's a science behind doing it. So that, that it literally is the best advice someone can give to you, yeah. really. Yeah, so it's been the biggest change for me. I think and that's everything then, right? I thought I might be able to beat some fear into you, but you're you're well-grounded with this. Unflappable. Unflappable. Oh, I, I, I am I genuinely looking forward to hopefully uh, touching base with you at Edinburgh. Um, this is just I'm... a persona. My arse is actually making buttons <laughs> when you're talking to me about the course. <laughs> Squeaky bum time. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, looking at this, I've still got the map up of my screen. It is, it's changed a little bit from when I did it. So, I mean, it'll be nice. It'll be nice for me to not have the fear of going to that horrible mindset again. I am going in with a different mindset because I'm going with the injury party. But yeah. um, I mean, it's it, we'll get. It. I'm not going but, for a time, so it's, I'm, it's a totally but, different. See, for for all of us, irrespective of where you're trying to get to, stressing about it's not going to make it any no, easier. Exactly. That's why I don't exactly. do it. It's pointless. It's just it's wasted energy. Yeah. I, and like yourself, you've got other targets to look forward to. It's just one day. It's one medal. It's one race. And it's only running. It's actually go. only running. Yeah, yeah. That's the teacher in you. That's a, that's the well the well versed. Uh, it's only running there. Only I well. Former teacher. Let's just make that clear. If I'm going to be meeting Steve in a car park, let's make, you know I'm a former teacher. Do I make the paper? 
Well, we meet, meet in one Steve in a car park and the other one's going to deep dive you. I mean, I deep dive me in a tent. <laughs> I was worried when they sent me a link for a bell tent. I thought, well, that doesn't sound too fucking promising. <laughs> Am I going to need insurance for that? <laughs> Oh, oh, dear no, nice. but, oh this, is, this has been really good so thank you very much Ryan for taking the time to come and speak to us and as I say hopefully yeah. we'll, we'll be able to, to touch base at Edinburgh but certainly we'll have not that fi- not not that far away three months away you'll be up in my neck of the woods so I'll be hosting you anyway absolute pleasure lads I've enjoyed the show I hope it keeps going from strength to strength so how did you how did you think uh, we got on there with Ryan that was actually a really good chat. Um, obviously, I was looking forward to to the chat. Didn't disappoint. Um, I mean, yeah, we failed to. Well, I say we failed. You failed in my namesake to, <laughs> to scare him. <laughs> it was like unflappable. We were like, yeah, get lost a pair of years, basically. Um, yeah, unflappable. But it was a good chat. Good chat. Um, still felt weird to be talking to the person who's effectively talking in my ear during training but it was um no it was it was what you'd hope for so it's good chat i'm sure everyone will will enjoy that a lot yeah we found out quite a lot about ryan he doesn't really let go in his own his own show because obviously he's focusing on the guest but i mean i really i did really enjoy that too he he was unflappable he says he was nervous but i think i was more nervous doing the intro and everything that he uh he he was fine in comparison i've already you, edited that part so you, i know how much of a pleb i sounded <laughs> You were just nervous because he was watching you whilst he was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. There's, there are parts of it where we'll we'll refer to things that we're doing, and it's like so. Anyone listening, we we actually did have cameras on, so um, we uh, I can't even put anything out there because the way I took the video recording, it doesn't it doesn't change the orientation. So it's just looking at one person. So you don't you miss the facial reactions. So. No, it was it was fantastic. I, I am very much looking forward to meeting Ryan. Hopefully next Sunday, um, all going well with myself. But uh, yeah, no, looking forward to our next guests now. Um, I yes. Don't know. Do you want to do you want to announce who that's going to be just now, Steve? Uh, yes. So it's going to be someone that I've referred to on the podcast before. Um, met him at London Marathon twenty twenty two. He was gracious enough to. You know, I said, "Can we walk with you around the corner?" And he said, "Yeah." And we've been we've been buddies ever since. Uh, Steve, Steve runs LDN, uh, massive in the community. He's all about positivity, spreading the joy of running across various communities. He doesn't stick to just one run group. He does all the the run groups, whether it's Tracksmith, uh, Pure Sports. Um, he just he just picks everyone up and he just tells everyone everything that's going on so no one misses out so they don't say oh, I didn't know that I didn't know that and I think it's a perfect way to to end the season uh, on a on a community spirit high. That's definitely definitely so. Um, episode ten is our final final episode of yeah. season one, so we thought it was no better way to to kind of go out than to go out with the community spirit that we're trying to generate uh, and what Steve. So it's going to be a triforce of Steves, uh, but yeah, he's he's really really influential in and, and, and inspirational in the the amount of community. Uh, love that he gives so looking forward to speaking to steve and you you know him so it's going to be completely new for yeah, me yeah it is you know like i said he he said yeah come follow me i mean he offered to cough me after about five minutes of meeting me he's just and i thought oh 
that seems nice. But he's literally <laughs> genuinely like that right the way through. I've found that he's he's always there, even for, just for a chat, even if it's nothing to do with running, just life. Um, yeah. he, he is there and it is genuine. I've seen it in action and he gets so much positivity from people back to him on his, on his Instagram. And he just does it genuinely for the love and the community for it. So you've got to have him on. I, mean, I spoke to him earlier on today. Um, I've got his details so we can, we can sort it out. Probably looking a bit, you know, during next week, we'll get an interview done. And, uh, yeah, looking forward. I'm going to see him on Saturday as it goes. Actually, we're doing a tracksmith. They're doing a shakeout for uh, Hackney Half. I'm not doing a Hackney Half, but go to the shakeout and just be amongst some, some great people. Fantastic. And that does also bring us to now, what does that bring us to? I had it in my head. So that will be the second. That's the second of June will be our last episode. And that also takes us then to uh, the Club 99, which is now on Strava. So if you haven't already joined it, please do. Uh, We've created a listen along episode activity event on the group and we know that not everyone uses Strava but if you do please feel like if feel free to join Ryan mentioned it in the interview as well you just have to click it once and then it's done and it's good for social uh, socializing with other members of the group that you maybe don't know from Instagram or like so yeah it's there uh, but we are working on other avenues for the 99 club so all in all having steve on from tracksmith and all the community chat having the 99 club event for a listen along for the, the final episode yeah all going in the right direction i think yes and even if you uh like i said just click it once and it's done and you get guaranteed kudos that's it that's uh, it guaranteed big ups because everyone needs to be bigged up but how was your how was your week away? So you missed you missed the interview with the fabulous uh, Emily and Hannah uh, because you were away on your holobobs. So you all yes. refreshed? Are you are you happy and and rearing to go again? Um, well, I hated going back to work. I think I was miserable for about the last two days of my leave because I, I got to go back. You know, proper holiday blues. Um, that was re- it. Was really good. We had to make it. A, we had to put more effort in making it good because. The um, holiday company sort of, uh, let's say, missold to, to an extent. Um, it was hilly. I mean, my car, I, I am not a rural driver. Okay, I'm a, I'm a city boy. Uh, and my Ford Fiesta, bless it, um, did not like the hills. I'm talking foot was floored. I was doing 40 up a hill. Like, it, was, <laughs> it was struggling. And I got to the top and it was like, okay, whoosh. And it was gone. I'll put my foot on the brakes. I'm still doing 70 down a hill. Um, <laughs> I think one hill got so high. I kid you not. I got to the bottom and my ears popped. It was that high up. I was like, what is this? You think, I was like, I've got to go Tesco, but I've got to go over the hills. This is ridiculous. You, you mean normal, a normal operating <laughs> procedure for myself? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you, unless you had a tractor, you're in trouble there. Um, but no, it was it was a really nice place, a big Jurassic coast. Didn't get to go on the beach too much because the little one has got the attention span of, well, of a four-year-old. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, no, but no, it was nice, uh, nice fresh air. As soon as I got back to London, I was coughing, standard. Um, but no, it was, re- it was really good. It was nice to get away. It was a part of the plan to have two weeks off, put a little holiday in there. Uh, I was raring to go afterwards. Absolutely raring to go. Um, done a few runs since. Got some speed back in the legs yesterday. So, no, it's um, raring to go, mate. Raring to go. 
Good man, good man. No, it has. Uh, you look like you had a bit of a struggle first run back, but that's to be expected after a couple of weeks off. <laughs> struggle? <laughs> oh, I was doing the pace I would do for my easy runs during the marathon block, and I was at least 20 BPM high. I was like, what's <laughs> going on? This is ridiculous. No, but the, the two weeks of no running, uh, the copious amounts of beer, Yeah. Um, you know, the body just was, it was like a shock both ways. Uh, so uh, I was just building it up, do one speed session a week. The rest are all easy miles um, just to build the base back, get up there. Um, and, yeah, just start trying to attack the summer for the speed, autumn for the half marathon, and then hopefully – well, I will be doing a marathon in April. Where, I don't know whether it's going to be London. Or I'm hoping it's London, but I've got a feeling it's going to you're not in job. Yeah. Um, so when do we find out about that? Um, I don't know. I think they're aiming – I heard around uh, towards the end of June time, there's a lot of unrest because previous years, London marathon events seem to like to tell people so late in the year and then people don't commit to other runs. Can't get accommodation, can't get to other runs because people put off things like Manchester and Brighton because they're hoping for a London place. Um, But I think I'm just going to pay for manchester and if i get london on on the off chance then i'll either just sack off manchester or i'll um i don't know if you can defer it i have no idea with manchester marathon i just love the marathon london marathon is just a buzz you just can't get anywhere it's amazing you think about that as well though it's going to cost you more to go to manchester not just for the ticket price but then the accommodation and the travel whereas if you get london you pay for manchester you get london you don't. You only haven't paid for your transport, and it's pennies in comparison. So, yeah, you might you might sack off the value. You don't pay for transport in London on Marathon Day. If you're taking part, you go to the station. They see your race bib. They just open the gate. Go. Oh, good luck. Have a good day, and off you go. But that's it. Your 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 London Marathon price is gonna is gonna be uh, less than your accommodation in Manchester. Oh, hundred percent. So you, you you're in either way. You're yeah, in yeah, yeah. So to lose the ticket price for Manchester, even if you could get it with insurance, you could do that and yeah, um, and and get your money back. But and then also, also, I'm I'm look I'm looking at potentially trying to do the sort of Manchester or London, and then have a couple of weeks off, and then maybe come up to uh, to sunny Scotland and tackle the Edinburgh half, no, Edinburgh half, Edinburgh Marathon. Sorry. Edinburgh Marathon. Well, that's the interesting one where Ryan was talking to Alison Jardin about her marathons, almost back to back to back and it was how do you how do you realistically do it and tick your legs over in between marathons and um, because you're not kind of almost deloading yourself after a marathon you're then having to tick back on again and that's a really good really good question and i know that jp uh from what the fartlek did umpteen marathons back to back in so many weeks and that's just it's brutal it's so so heavy on the legs but it's possible there's people that run how many marathons every day for well they um back to back to back to back yeah there was a uh josh i think it's um he is one of the co-founders of runner um and he's just completed 76 marathons in 76 days consecutive in 76 all 76 of the cities in um in the UK, that's crazy. For, men- for mental health, his his aim was to rain uh, to raise a million pounds. I think he's raised about a quarter of a million, nearly three hundred thousand. Um, but he's literally, yeah, he ran seventy six marathons consecutive days in all the cities to raise money for mental health awareness. So, my, 
there's me saying I'll do that marathon, and maybe eight weeks later do Edinburgh. So it, you put that in context, you think though no, it is it's entirely it's totally possible. possible. Yeah, um, it's, it's the same with was it Nick Nick? What's his surname? But- Nick, Nick Nick Bester. He done the four weeks. No, four not, not Nick Bester. No, 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 no. It's a different chap. He ran he ran the length of the country and he was doing a marathon every day. Oh sort of thing. no, I don't know that one. I have and, to Google it after. And, uh, I can't remember. I follow him, and he's a really he's a really inspirational chap. But I missed out on having a chance to run with him because it's one of these ones where. He was running and you could tag on with him, but I was elsewhere. And it was the same with the chap you've just mentioned. He started at, I'm pretty sure he started at John O'Groats and you yeah. could run with him. But I I happened to be somewhere else at the time. I think I might have even been on holiday or something. Yeah. It was just unfortunate. But I'm on the, I've been on the lookout for Ben Parks. Yes. Because he either lives very close to me or he runs the routes very close to my work. Um, Cause I see his videos. Like, you literally run around where I'm working. That's like, no, one day. super inspirational. Yeah, so good, so so good. Um, but yeah, no, there's a lot of inspirational people out there. It just depends what you take from it, right? Yeah, exactly. But that kind of does lead into what I'm what I'm doing. I've obviously got um, Edinburgh, as you mentioned there. Yeah, uh, I've got that next. Oh, what's, what's the plan week, for that? Because you've been a, a week on nigger, Sunday. Yeah, I have I have picked up a nickel now. Originally. It was thought it was an ITB, um, an IT band issue, tightness of the upper leg. I went to see my sports masseuse and he commented on how uh, tight my calves were now, like properly tight to the point where even he almost didn't shift them and he released them off. Now, I was going to say touch wood, the leg's been really good since I had the massage last Thursday. And I've been out doing a, a training run with a friend of mine who I've already mentioned that I'm, I'm taking him through an eight week schedule to get him up to the point where he can run for half an hour and coming back up. And I think it's really just because I'm going a little bit too fast, too quick, but it definitely feels like it is the calf because it was up the top of the back of the leg at the top of the calf. I was getting the burning sensation and it was traveling up to where my knee is and that's where i was getting at the side of the knee so i was pretty confident that i hadn't torn my meniscus or anything but it's where it's traveling up from so i'm pretty sure i just had to take care of my calf and uh, thankfully bob barrel as mentioned many times in this episode has similar issues and we've talked about running edinburgh together and he's a lot more of a competent runner than i am a lot faster but that doesn't mean anything we're going to go and have a good time with a couple of the members from the the who dropped the debra team but with the with the issue not seemingly going away i'm not giving it enough time because i'm still having to put some miles on my legs i don't know if i'm going to be able to run i think realistically speaking i'll go down with my kit and i'll have to judge the day before and just take it super super easy but it's for charity I would love to do it, but at the end of the day, I've only paid for my accommodation. My travel, I've got super cheap because I happen to know someone uh, who's part of my brother's groom party um, who's got me cheap tickets because he works for the network. And I've got the entry for free because it's for charity. So I'm still going to earn money for them, still going to raise money. So it's, it's not a super loss for them, but it's disappointing if I couldn't get the medal. But if I don't get the medal, I don't get the medal. I've got a... I've got a marathon to look forward to in October and that's my target for trying to hit it as much as possible, a good plan. So I'm not, I'm not too disappointed. Uh, if I don't have to go, I'd rather look after myself than, than injure myself. Yeah, it makes, makes, makes sense. Hopefully the, uh, the running gods are with you on the day. Here's hoping. And I am starting in the blue pen. So there's quite a lot of us starting there where 
I could do a whole jog a bit, walk a bit. It'd make it for a really long bloody day, though. Um, so we'll take a judge. Um, I'll, I'll speak to Bob, see what Bob's going to do. And if we do the same and we end up doing half of it to get Elodie into a good pace or even less than half of it, and then we pull out, we pull out. I mean, worst comes to the worst. We just hobble back and nothing ventured, nothing gained. But at the same time, we're not gonna we're not gonna knock ourselves in and and potentially cause lasting damage. So no, we'll do that. But that kind of again leads me to I I'm doing community shout out this week in a roundabout way. Steve's not. Um so my community shout out is to going to Bob, uh Bob Burrell, Kilsyth Runner to begin with. I don't think either of us have shouted him out before, but it's really just been the amount of good vibe and conversations I've had with Bob in the last month or so last few weeks um it's been fantastic he's really he is really inspirational and ryan's had him on uh, speaking to him in a previous episode so if you haven't caught that i would highly recommend you go and listen to bob um but no it's it's, it's going to be great to meet him uh, but he's had so much good advice for me um as i say we'll just take it as it goes uh, so give him a follow and my second and last is for Muriel Dempsey. I've mentioned her name before. Uh, she is a superb athlete. Uh, but again, it's unfortunate it's going to be another shout out for someone who's got a nickel. She's unfortunately not going to come to Edinburgh this year. She was running last year and had a phenomenal race. Um, she's looking forward to the Loch Ness Marathon again this year. She's part of our usual Loch Ness Marathon group. But she's picked up a, an issue with her foot, so I need to touch base with her and see how she got on with her second physio, see if they're able to scan it. But she's thinking she might have to get like electrode treatment and stuff on it. So it doesn't sound good, but she's still managing to keep active, uh, walking, uh, cycling, and the the odd jog where she can. So, but again, it's it's always great speaking to Muriel. She's super positive. Uh, she's such a smiley, happy person. Uh, so. Yeah, if you if you want good vibes, follow both Bob and Muriel. Very good shout. No, you're right. I've, I've not got any community shares. That's not because I'm being miserable. It's because I you scared like I them all off that. hanging around in car parks. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Be my <laughs> friends. Um, <laughs> oh dearie me! No, I I'm very conscious of the fact that I've shouted out so many people that I regularly regularly talk to i got to the point where i was conf- i was like have i shouted them out before and you think you don't want to keep shouting the same person out because then it's like we're well, not really going to the community no more you're going to your select few but you know what i will say is everyone that you know um liked and commented the super nice stuff on my post that i'd done within not long of actually crossing the line at, at London. Uh, it was humbling, Steve. It was genuinely humbling. Um, yeah. People that I didn't even know was watching my journey, like genuinely. I had no idea they was watching it. I know it sounds crazy when I've got I've got a few followers. Um, and I just didn't realise that many people were had that. In, I just thought it was like a certain circle, if that makes sense, of invested interest. But... Yeah, the night before I was getting loads of messages. The day of, the day after, day after, and so on. It's like oh, I've been watching you. You're just, just really inspiring. I was like, this is insane. But I know what you mean because a lot of these people regularly will drop you a like on a post, but it it's one of those 
time intensive parts to usually leave a comment but because you were going in for such a big race at one point your comments were on on same level as it was almost like a, a like a like per comment it was it was really really strong honestly it was and we know likes and comments during marathon season are extremely inflated and it should be because you've just tackled 26.2 miles and everyone's in complete awe of it you still get your your core of people during the um during the training you know a lot of them that are in the same boat as you um but yeah it it really peaked i think it was like 740 750 likes and the comments were going crazy the inbox was going crazy um i got a phone call at the end of it um from (laughs) from lucy like lucy olympia because she was supposed to be at canary wolf area with hannah um i'm not sure if hannah actually got down to london because she was feeling a bit peaky the, the day before so she weren't too sure uh, I, was, I was running through Canary Wolf. I was like, where, where is Lucy? And she turned out to be somewhere else completely and decided to tell me by text, you know, when I'm like halfway around the marathon. I'm not reading the oh, text. Yeah, because you're, you're just scrolling You're just scrolling through your phone just yeah, casually. Yeah. Uh, no, but she called me. She's like, he's in your... I can't really say the rest of the words because she's been drinking vodka. I mean, you um, can. I have to mark it as explicit <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was great. So when I'm feeling down or... I get a bit of, oh, I can't run fast again because you have so much time between resting and then starting to pick up the pace thing. How, how do I do that? How am I going to do it again? You've got to pick yourself up and start again. But no, I'll go to that post because there was loads of loads of great feed, uh, feedback, comments, likes, everything. Just, yes, it's uh, not ego boost and it's humbling. But you, you, I don't. I think you're the same. You're kind of on the same sort of waters as myself just now because I'm, I'm riding that wave of... Um, having the highs and lows because i'm carrying a niggle and it's like you don't know you don't know what to do because our running is our therapy we go out we clear our head and when you can't do it you just kind of you mull things over and you've just come off the back of quite an intensive training regime run a marathon and then you've done two weeks of nothing really effectively and that's it's not it's not great for the the old uh, the old head but i mean when you've got when you've got great posts and great comments to look at it does really drive it home that it's our head is our worst enemy and there are there are ways to overcome that 100 percent. but i i i wasn't hard on myself during this that two-week period steve to us because i knew that it was for the best in the long run yeah so you know you you your legs are going to feel sore for a couple of days after and you think oh i feel fine now i can go for well you know your body is still battered you've You've not just gone for a training run. You've you've gone out and put your plan A to the test. To to make plan A last for twenty one miles, I was like, "This is amazing." I was ready to attack it. Ah, oh, I was ready to. Att- I was going to put the burners on. Then cramps said, "No," but I needed that two weeks to yeah. recover the mind. You're not just recovering from the marathon, are you, Steve? You're, you're recovering from the sixteen weeks training as well. You're recovering 16 weeks training. My, my ones are always seem to be a lot shorter, 12 weeks, or in this case, seven weeks, which definitely hasn't helped. But I know what you mean. It's you do. It's, it's a long old time of a year that you've been spending taking time out from your your daily routine, your family life. Um, so you do need to you do need to invest that time back into it as well. So no, but you, you're getting back out and you're 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 smashing it again. So hopefully the um, the hot summer of what is they what does it say they they, they classified the last episode for Ryan as what was it 
hot wheelie bit hot girl wheelie ben summer or something something so like that <laughs> it's a it's hot steve summer speed that's what we're going to say hot steve summer speed i do think i, I will get i'm very very i'm 100 sure that i'll take the 10k pb out of out the water by a couple of minutes and the half marathon because i'm a half marathon like 138 so i want to get down to about 134 135 it's the 5k that's going to be the tough one yeah because that yeah. one you know a 1919 i'll just be happy with getting three or four sub 20s over the summer just to make it a consistent thing um and then lead into training in january with consistent sub sub 25ks under the belt already you're you're, um, you're at that point where you need someone fast to to, to chase you to that to to the the hence lower the times, reason isn't why it? i'm going to be in a car park <laughs> finding fast <laughs> friends finding fast friends <laughs> yeah um but i am also during i've already decided next next block i'll be doing five runs a week from f- rather than four runs a week i want to get that more more time on feet easy base miles time on feet and so i can try and avoid that um that cramp on set completely if possible well i certainly certainly i'm going to follow a similar um plan now i've never used the likes of koopa or runner i have had someone slide into my dms offering me a membership to a new one um I've never heard of them. I need to do a bit of investigation. I'll let you know a bit more about that in due course, whether I go for it or not. But I, I may go for a runner or a Koopa uh, for Amsterdam. I, I know, a, I know a chap that can get you two weeks free. <laughs> I am running. I was so last last week. I did do five days of running in the week. In the week before, um, the knee was sore. But the 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 method I'm doing with my friend who's new to running. It doesn't hurt the knee. It's low impact. It's low pace. It's really easy. It's just when I go out myself, then I'm, I'm, I'm being a little bit silly. But I think for the next marathon block, I'll do some, something similar five days in the week um, and maybe shorter runs and then just focus on a long run on the Sunday. Definitely. But I think that's us. We're coming to a natural sort of close off here. We've mentioned uh, the 99 Club on Strava. So once again, it's a one-click job. If you're on Strava, you don't. It doesn't send you announcements or anything unless we're putting up events, and we will put the odd event up. But it's just great to to see what everyone's up to. Uh, I think going forward, we will also start asking people to send us um, selfies, and we'll get like a collage of images of from everybody up on our social media uh, on on the Instagram page because we aren't using it as much as we should. I'm going to have to try try and start using it more including putting up the topics or uh, subjects you want to hear our hot takes on. I did mention in the last episode, unfortunately, nobody uh, wanted no, to send no us an email. No one wants to email us. No one no, likes emailing us. Nobody got in our DMs. Nobody emailed us. So we are still looking for our first official listener email. We do have plenty of emails, um, and I'll touch on some of those in a second. But yeah, let us know if there are topics that you want to hear us talk about, especially on weeks where we don't have um, guests, but obviously with us having Steve in the next episode, and then we're going to be taking a few weeks off. We will be trying to line up a guest for every episode. I think I've already mentioned some of these, but on my list, I've had uh, uh, there's green text next to them so I've, I've apparently asked them and they've all said yes 
So we had the likes of Richie and Paul from Cajonas Scotland, the charity that I do uh, a bit of charity fundraising for. Sarah Homer, after her Boston success, uh, she absolutely smashed that. So it'd be great to hear her story and everything that's come before Boston. We also would like to speak to Kaylee, the Happy Diet, who's part of the Loch Ness 24 team. She's also been on Ryan's podcast, so we would tackle slightly different avenue of her life, just so there's not too much crossover. Barefoot Ben, another member of the Loch Ness 24 team, he's known as the Barefoot Daddy, and he is massive into the barefoot running scene so it'd be great to get someone's perspective on barefoot running shoes and everything to do with foot health and how it helps your running and everything along with that a few other members of the community lewis dixon or and lewis underscore lazel underscore dixon the fabulous patrick watkins is a massive supporter of us it'd be great to get him on talk about his blog and how his marathons have been going uh, we also have a few companies, including Ugoku Project, who make the running hats that I run with, Trainer Armour, who make the toe and heel protectors, and Runner. And on the topic of both Trainer Armour and Runner, and including the Loch Ness 24, we have a competition coming out. And it should come out in line with our last episode. We've still got a few things to bottom out. Um, we're in discussion with Loch Ness 24 about terms and conditions and uh, artwork, but the general plan at the moment is we will have some form of Loch Ness 24 themed item to give away, whether that's a place or otherwise. Watch this space, uh, but Runner and Trainer Armour have also contributed to a prize pool. So you have to watch or watch the space or listen to the space. We'll have it on our Instagram page. We'll have it on the podcast. So you'll have to tune in for episode 10 to learn more about that. And then finally, the two big influences for myself and Steve that we'd like to get on a series two are Omer Stanley Pasodas. I've mentioned him before. That's Omer Runs Napa and the wonderful, ever wonderful lipstick and trainers. I almost forgot. I was going to say her actual name. They're Emma uh, Cockcroft. So we, I, I know for me, Omar and Emma are number ones, but I know Steve would like to speak to Emma as well. So it'd be great to get them on in season two, but um, I've got lots of green ticks. I think Steve's got a lot of green ticks as well. So we'll come to a point where we'll, we'll, we'll let you all know. We'll give you a rundown. We'll start using our social medias more effectively to keep you in the loop. Yeah. Uh, I got, they're not green tick yet um just compiling a couple of a few of the people just to i want to make sure i don't just approach them blindly i want to give them an angle what we're looking for to make sense um so we're going to go through with that but no it was, i've got some very good people that we'd like to get on um but looking forward to all those conversations because a lot of people there that i've never heard of so that'd be <laughs> fantastic and most of them tend to be Loch Ness 2014 members so i mean i would love to share the story for personally from cojones perspective they are really really nice guys i've met richie before and uh, from all i've seen about paul they're massive into the football community just now especially scottish football uh, about getting advertisements with the premiership teams uh, and getting especially the sort of guys that that probably don't give enough attention to their own health 
football fans are always have that kind of stereotype of being men's men and they they kind of just shy it away so it'd be great to get them on and share share the story of cojones but also for uh, any ladies listening uh, if you have husbands brothers i know it's it's a subject sometimes that you don't want to talk about especially cojones but it's worth getting it and and making it a norm to talk about same as we will further as much of female health as possible you need to take the the stigma away from talking about all the, all these related health issues and body body functions and make it the norm and that's what we're all hopefully do as well while trying to keep it positive and inspirational yeah do you know what um with with the scottish football thing i thought i won't say it on the podcast with ryan but um i don't want to i don't want him to end just pressing the, the, the cancel call button but um, of Scotland, my my favour is towards Rangers. Yeah, no comment <laughs> I don't know on that. You it. Huh? <laughs> no comment on that. No, no, no. <laughs> no, you know what it is because my my aunt's husband, so my uncle, he was um, he's from Glasgow, uh, but he's been in London for about, well thirty odd years. But he sounds like like I said, he's on a day trip, um, very heavy. But he's Rangers. So when I was growing up, it was always Rangers. And I, said, I don't, I don't support them. But if I look out, I go, "Ah, oh, Rangers Celtic today. Oh, Rangers beat them." Ah, <laughs> uh, now I think, I think at that point, Steve, we have to end end this before you say too much more. That's going to hamper your relationship, your your future relationship with Ryan here. <laughs> oh dear, I do apologise, Ryan. I do apologise. <laughs> You know, I could it, it, I could say a lot worse than that. Oh, you I could can. you could say that. Oh, I'm not going to. I I I'm an Aberdeen fan, so Ryan knows knows to laugh <laughs> at me. But Aberdeen and Celtic are a little bit closer than the Aberdeen and Rangers, so I, I'm in a I'm in a similar boat to Ryan there. So I'm not yeah, going to say too a- much. It's uh, it's easy to win a league when you're only one team. <laughs> right, I think that's that we'll, draw, we'll draw a line under the episode. Hopefully, you've all enjoyed the fantastic chat that we had with Ryan. Hopefully, my editing skills have uh, done it some justice. But looking forward to episode ten, getting the, the the fanfare of the final episode of the season, and then looking forward to hitting season two hard. You okay there, Steve? Yeah, sorry, buddy. I just realised I'd burnt me fish in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> right, you get off. You get your fish sorted, and everybody else will. Oh, we will. You will hear from us soon. I still don't have a classic outro, but you will hear from us soon. Uh, we hope <laughs> your runs are positive. That you are also positive. Ah, uh, this is rubbish. Uh, right, bye bye <laughs> for now. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,